Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features four episodes of Perry Mason. Each episode is about 12 minutes long. And Perry Mason was serialized, so unfortunately you kind of start off in the middle of a story and end still in the middle of the same story. Sorry about that. Yes, Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. And if you think that's an amazing promise, just listen to this. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap, any other suds, any other washing product known. You see, Procter & Gamble's Tide, with its new Miracle Suds, not only leaves clothes free from dirt, it removes dingy soap film, too. And, lady, Tide does that for all your clothes. Your company linens, your pretty prints, yes, and your grimy work shirts and greasy overalls, too. Yet, with all this remarkable cleaning power, Tide is safe, truly safe, for all your washable colors. What's more, Tide actually brightens soap-dulled colors. And white things... Why, in hardest water, Tide gets sheets and pillowcases absolutely gleaming, whiter than any other washing product known. Tide keeps them white, too, week after week. Tide, and only Tide, gives you all this, the cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line. It's only a moment after the close of yesterday's episode. Inside an empty apartment building on the west side, Perry Mason walks up and down. Impatiently waiting the arrival of Peaches, the trucker, with a load of movie scenery and equipment. Impatiently because, well, does Mason know that every passing moment increases the chance of his being recognized and arrested. Impatiently because every tick of the clock increases his chance of failure. We're going to join Perry and Alan Paul Drake in just a moment. But first, let's join the crowd in Judge Albert Dallow's courtroom and learn what's to happen to Mary McKean, who, with her lawyer, Perry Mason has been indicted, charged with kidnapping Mary's own child, David Jr. In the case of the People versus Mary McKean et al., charged with kidnapping. Ready for the prosecution? Ready, Your Honor. Ready for the defense? Uh, No, no, Your Honor, the defense is not ready. Perhaps Mm. you'd better explain, Mr. Jackson. Yes, sir, yes, gladly. As you know, Your Honor, Mrs. McKean was indicted just two days ago. Two days is is not a sufficient time in which to prepare a case. Did you ask the presiding judge to give you more time? I I did, Your Honor. Your request was denied? Yes, sir. On what grounds? The mayor to please the court. I I think I can answer that question. Yes, Mr. Murtoff. I assisted the district attorney's office in presenting the evidence which led to the indictment of Mary McKean at Al. Yes, Mr. Murtoff. Now, the fact is, Your Honor, this is a peculiar case. Some months ago, charges were leveled and proved in court against Mrs. McKean. Charges of such nature as to cause the court to remove Mrs. McKean's child from its mother's care, place it in the custody of the next of kin, Mrs. Elizabeth Wren. We know this, Mr. Murtaugh. Yes, of course, Your Honor. Now, in the matter of the present kidnapping charge, there would be no prosecution for kidnap if Mrs. McKean were wrongfully convicted by the first court. I say if. Your Honor, obviously she was guilty. Because the Mason office has been working in vain to uncover evidence to disprove those charges. Now, sir, we felt, and the presiding judge felt, that since Mr. Mason has had weeks and weeks in which to prepare, no hardship could be done by waiting... I understand the point, Mr. Murtaugh. Thank you, Your Honor. Mr. Jackson? Yes, sir. Would you like to answer? 
Yes, sir, if, if I may speak frankly. <laughs> you do. Well, then, it, it is quite true that Mr. Mason has been working in Mrs. McKean's behalf. Mm. In fact, it was through this work that he was able to assist the Homicide Bureau in capturing that notorious murderer, Doc Keegan. Oh, wait a minute, uh, wait, wait. In the first place, Keegan hasn't even gone to trial, and in the second, mention of his name in these proceedings is irrelevant and immaterial. Mr. Murtaugh, no jury has been selected. I am merely trying to decide whether or not to postpone that selection. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Mr. Jackson. Yeah, yes, thank you. Now, sir, it happens my work for Mr. Mason is, is more a matter of research than collaboration. Whatever evidence he may have collected, well, whatever plans he may have made for the defense of Mrs. McKean are unknown to me. Therefore, in preparing my case, I must start from the beginning without the benefit of any facts which may have come into his possession before his, his disappearance. You mean before he ran out on his client rather than face arrest? If you please, Mr. Murtaugh. Your Honor, Perry Mason is just as much on trial as Mary McKean. More so. And I submit that neither he nor anyone connected with his office is entitled to the smallest bit of consideration. Mr. Jackson, for whom I have the utmost respect, has admitted Perry Mason had had ample time in which to prove the court proceedings against Mary McKean irregular, if they had been irregular. He, together with his secretary and his client, Mary McKean, have been indicted for kidnapping a child which they could not obtain by legal means, hoping against hope that Please they Please could... bear in mind, Mr. Murtaugh, you are speaking of an indictment. There has been no conviction. Oh, yes, I uh, stand corrected, Your Honor. However, Mr. Mason and his secretary have chosen to disappear. The fact that Mr. Jackson happens to be unprepared is unfortunate, but we feel it has no bearing. If Mr. Mason alone knows the facts, let him come into this court and defend his client as an honorable attorney should do. Meanwhile... Mr. Jackson wishes to plead his client guilty, I I, certainly... I certainly do not. Well, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is we are not here either to prove or disprove the charges relative to Mrs. McKean's being a fit mother for her own child. That case was settled months ago. Y Your Honor, Mr. Murtaugh himself has said that, that if those charges could be disproven, the case for the prosecution would collapse. If... Mr. Jackson, if... He, he very well knows that it is only by showing the nature of the woman into whose custody a small child was given. The fact that Elizabeth Wren gave that baby into the keeping of a man now in jail or awaiting trial for murder... Mr. Jackson, we... please. This sounds to me more like a summation at the end of a case than a discussion as to whether or not a trial should be allowed to proceed. Your Honor, it's all very clear that Mr. Jackson is doing his best to stall. For what purpose, Mr. Murtaugh? Why, to... Uh... To give Perry Mason the last chance to get off that uh, tightrope he's walking. Mr. Mason doesn't need my help, Mr. Murtaugh. Oh. He's perfectly capable of taking care of himself. Then if that is the case, you can come in. Gentlemen, must I remind you again, this trial has not started. I, 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 I apologize, but, Your Honor, if Mr. Murtaugh is so certain this woman is guilty, so certain that Perry Mason is walking a, a tightrope, then why is he afraid to give us a little time? Hmm? Why is he so afraid of what Mr. Mason might do? And on a tightrope. He could well use it to hang himself. <laughs> That's enough, Mr. Jackson. We will grant a continuance of this trial. Next week, I shall expect you in court and ready to begin, prepared or not. Thank you, Your Honor. I hope that's satisfactory to the prosecution, Mr. Murtaugh. Mm. Or are you bothered Mr. Mason will come down from his tightrope before next week? I wish he would. I wish he would. Very well, then. Court is adjourned.
Turn off the portal, will you, Della? Yes, yeah, sure. Watching out of that window isn't going to bring Peaches any sooner. No. Or Paul either. Well, at least you have to hand it to Jackson. He used his head. He got a continuance until next week. Mm -hmm. So we have that much more time. It's a fat lot of good it'll do if Peaches doesn't show up with the equipment. Perry, he said he He said would. he'd be here before 11. With the backgrounds, the camera, and the men Paul trained to use them. It's 11.30 now. No trucks, no well, maybe men, Maybe he no... was delayed at the warehouse. Maybe he had trouble getting that much movie equipment together. Well, it was all arranged, Ella. All Peaches had to do was pick it up. <sighs> okay, I'll relax. We'll be walking a tightrope this time, hmm? I know. Chief, mm. have you thought about what may happen if Paul doesn't get back? What? Well, he's the one who studied the movie technique. Well, if Paul doesn't get back, I'll take care of it. You? Well, it just means a little juggling act on the tightrope. As hard as I am with Paul, he's not the one I want to see. It's Peaches. Peaches and all that scenery and equipment and those operatives who've been trained to make like a movie company. Hey! Who's that? I don't know. Hey, Mr. Patterson! It's the cop on the beat. Mr. Patterson, she said it was okay. Patterson, that's what you said your name was, Chief. Yeah, that's right. Um, who said it was okay? A little woman. She thought it was grand, me getting a chance to act the part of a cop in a movie. Oh, yes, yes, fine. Glad to have you. Only I still got to call in every hour, so I wonder if you could shoot my scene first, Mr. Pa hey, what's going on here? Nothing. Why? I've been looking through this apartment while we've been talking. There's no scenery, no cameras, no crew. How right you are, officer. When I was here on my last round, you said the camera, scenery, and crews would be here any minute. Well, they'll still be here any minute. And now an hour later, here's you two in this vacant apartment and no equipment but a portable radio. Maybe there's something that needs explaining. Maybe I'd better hey. check. Hey, everybody, where are you? Oh, who, who's that? Peaches? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, where is everybody? They're here. Our equipment. Look out the window, officer. You'll see all the trucks and the cameras. Yeah, it is. Uh, Peaches, bring everything into this apartment. Huh? Okay, I hope you won't hold it against me, Mr. Patterson. Uh, uh, hold what? Oh, me talking the way I did. Oh, no, it's quite all right. Forget it. And I can still play a part in your movie? Sure, sure, sure. After we've set up. Uh, why don't you come and ask me after you've made your next round? So far, so good. The scenery is there, and Mason is raring to go. But as lawyer Murtaugh pointed out, and as Perry Mason so earnestly feels... He's walking a tightrope, ready to fall or get pushed off at any minute. But will that happen? Well, join us tomorrow, won't you? Today, there are more washing products on the market than ever before. So remember this. Tide is different from all the others. Yes, Procter & Gamble's amazing Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap, any other suds, any other washing product known. Because Tide not only leaves clothes free from dirt, it also removes dingy soap film. Yet, with all this unusual cleaning power, Tide is safe, truly safe, for all your washable colors. What's more, Tide actually brightens soap-dulled colors. And in hardest water, Tide gets linens and shirts whiter than any other washing product known. And Tide turns out oceans of suds, even in hardest water. They're different-looking, different-feeling suds. That's only natural, because Tide itself is different. Tide is the only washing product known that gives you this amazing combination. The cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line. You know, when that little song says, Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap, that's only part of the story. Because no soap, what's more, no other suds, no other washing product known will get your clothes as clean as Tide. 
Yes, Procter & Gamble's Tide gives you a cleaner wash. Because Tide, with its new miracle suds, not only leaves clothes free from dirt, it removes dingy soap film too. Yet with all this amazing cleaning power, Tide is safe, truly safe for all your washable colors. In fact, Tide actually brightens wash prints and pastels, all your soap dull colors. And white things? Well, in hardest water, Tide gets them whiter than any other washing product known. Something else, Tide keeps them white, week in, week out. Never turns them yellow. You'd better try Tide, because no other wash day product known, only Tide, will give you all this. The cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line. It's some hours after the close of yesterday's episode as we re-enter that first floor apartment on the west side. And what a change. Now it's the scene of bustling activity. Pressed against the big bay windows, a curious crowd watches as a group of Paul Drake's operatives, under the direction of Drake and his employer, Perry Mason, transform one side of the ugly room into a sparkling white private hospital ward. The crowd swells as technicians switch on bright movie floodlights, as cameramen swing their large motor-mounted cameras back and forth as though checking camera angles. I'm sure the crowd interest and curiosity would be even greater if it knew that each technician was in reality a private detective and that each, by order of Perry Mason, was far busier watching the crowd than with the work at hand. Well, now as Paul Drake steps up to Perry Mason, he says... Perry. Young. We've been all set for more than an hour. I know. Think we ought to get started? Oh, the crowd outside starting to get restless? Been restless for over half an hour. I'll give it a little more time then. Let's shake it up, let it change. And then maybe, just maybe, we'll get someone up close to a window who's really interested in what's going on. Okay. Have the third camera trained on the crowd? That's what you ordered. We've been taking pictures for the last ten minutes. Fine. No reflections, the light's okay. Don't worry. Your movie, the people looking in those windows will be perfect. A man on that camera is a real cameraman. <laughs> Good for you, Paul. Now. It's almost 4.30. Well. We've been getting ready for almost five hours. Well, that means five hours for news of what's going on to spread through the neighborhood. Well, but don't you think we ought to do something? Why? Well, that cop. Harrigan? Yes, this will make the sixth time he's made his round. Yeah, which means that the next round he'll be off duty and you'll have him in your hair from then on. Why don't you roll a special scene with him, him in it and let him go home and brag to his wife? Because I don't want him to go home. What? Harrigan is a little movie-struck, Paul, but that doesn't make him a dope. Yeah, I know, As but... long as we've got him here, with his tongue hanging out at the thought of being a movie actor, we don't have to worry. But the minute he gets home, he starts being a cop again. First thing you know, he'll hear a broadcast offering a reward for me or see my picture in a paper. Then I'll be sunk before I get any place. No, 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 no. I want to keep Harrigan right here with stars in his eyes. But the point I'm making is if he comes back for the fifth time in five hours and finds us just, well, where we were when he found us... He'd start asking questions. Maybe he'll get a little peeved. Yeah. And if he is peeved, he... Well, maybe you're right, Paul. We'll get a couple of shots in before and after he gets here. Then we can tell him to hang around for some retakes. Yeah, that's a much better idea. And besides, it'll give us something to do. Why? Who's that? Where? Just coming into the... Oh. <laughs> Pretty good match, isn't he, Perry? Excellent. But who is it? One of my men. Looks a lot like the murdered Jim Randall, doesn't he, Della? Just as you look a lot like Mary. Makes chills go up and down my spine. I hope when you two get together, we'll send a couple of chills up and down somebody else's spine. Okay, Paul, go tell your men we'll roll the first scene in a couple of minutes. Stills, too. That'll be Della and your man over near the hospital bed. Okay. 
Come on over to the set, Donna. In just a minute, Paul, I want to ask a question first. Right, and the question? You have a very dumb secretary, Perry Mason. Well, I ought to be the one to say that. No, I'm ashamed. You're serious? I am. But why? Because, Chief, well, for the first time since we've been working together, I... I really don't know what you're doing. <laughs> now, don't laugh at me. <laughs> I guess I've been so worried about Mary and David Jr., and things have been happening so fast. I guess so. And as for being done, if you'd sat down and thought for a minute, you'd have it all figured out. It's really very simple. You see, Della, all we need is one good witness. Yes. One positive piece of evidence that Liz Wren and Doc framed Mary here in this apartment. Yes, I know. Now, unless I miss my guess, we're going to uncover that witness. By just going through the same routine all over again? Well, Della, you got a shock when you saw that man come in, the man who looks like the dead Jim Randall. It showed on your face. I certainly did. All right. Can you imagine how a person who helped frame Mary will react when they see you, who look enough like Mary to be her twin, and a man who looks just like the murdered Jim Randall, posing? It'll show on his face. He won't be able to guard against that shock. But you can't watch every face in a crowd like the one that's outside. No, don't have to. But what? I don't know. We've understand. got a camera working on that crowd now, taking each and every person who comes anywhere near the window. Oh. We'll be able to examine those faces at our leisure. Leisure? Well, anyway, tonight or tomorrow. Oh, Perry, that's wonderful. Now, I'm... Look, look, never mind the apple song. I really at do. At any think... rate, not now. Paul's waving to get started, so let's get started. Now, give him a shock, Bella. And, uh... To mix metaphors up a little bit, let's hope we catch our fish at our first cast. <laughs> you know I'm all for that one. You, uh, you ready, Miss Stone? Oh, yes, sir. All right, then. Places, everybody. And quiet, please. Check for light. Check for sound. All set. Roll them. And thus, while the lights flare and while dummy cameras record the action taking place on the hospital set, a third camera, not a dummy, faithfully records the faces and reactions of those watching Perry Mason's mock play. Meanwhile, in the office of Sid Samarino's Roomba Palace, we hear... Yeah? It's, uh... It's that mouthpiece again, Sid. Huh? Red tag. Oh... Okay, put them on. Getting kind of chummy with mouthpieces, ain't you, Sid? Never mind about that. He's an important guy. Put them on. Okay, Sid. Only I thought in in this business... Look. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, what's on your mind, Mr. Murdoch? I just thought I'd call you up past the time of day. Yeah? I've been uh, a long time since we've talked, Sid. I don't have much to do with lawyers, Mr. Murdoch. Yeah, I know. With, uh... Lawyers or law. I got enough to do looking after my rumba palace. Yeah, I guess that's right. That's it. Yeah? I may want you to do me a favor. As you know, Mary McKean goes on trial very soon. Uh-huh. I hope Mason will be arrested and go on trial at the same time. But if that happens, I may have to put Doc Keegan on the witness stand. Uh-huh. Of course, uh, course we made a deal with Doc to be a good boy. But in case he takes it into his head to kick over the traces, yeah. I'll want you to give Mrs. Rand an alibi. Me? Yeah, Sid. Sid, you met my client? Uh, once. Uh, 
She came to my joint to ask me to put her in touch with Doc. Uh, look, Mr. Murdoch. I know you don't like to get into this sort of thing, Sid, and I hesitate to ask you. wouldn't, except I want this airtight. Uh, but, Sid, I'll have to insist that you do as I ask. Insist? Mm-hmm. I know who meets in that little back room of yours, Sid. Oh. I know what's planned back there and how much jewelry was lifted in the last robbery. Of course, I know you don't like to get mixed up in things. I know you didn't have the slightest idea what they were planning, but Sid, the uh, police might not believe you. When do you want me at your office, Mr. Murdoch? Oh, there isn't any hurry, Sid. Sometime next week or perhaps the next. No hurry, no hurry at all. And, uh, Sid. Yeah? I may never call you in the courtroom. I hope you won't. Oh, you have my word it won't happen unless it's absolutely necessary, but uh, you know me, I like to be... Yeah, I know you. Uh, then you'll uh, come down for a little rehearsal? I'll be down next week. Fine. Bye, sir. Bye. So that is going to drag me in. Protect Mrs. Wren. Now, if he thinks I'm going to let him kick everything I've built up front, he's got another thing. Rehearsal, huh? Maybe I start looking out for Sip. Nora, come in yet? Nora? I don't know. Well, look and see. If she's here, send her in. And if she's not, see that she comes to the office before she does anything else. Get me? Sure. Sure, I get you. Plot and counterplot. Perry Mason desperately trying to learn the truth about Elizabeth Wren. Lawyer B.H. Murtaugh just as desperately doing his best to make sure that by no possible means shall Mason ever learn that truth. And the trial of Mary McKean begins in earnest very soon. You know, there's something new and different about dishwashing these days, and that something is Tide, Procter & Gamble's new dishwashing wonder. Tide washes dishes cleaner than any soap made. You see, Tide gives an amazing new kind of suds. More suds, faster suds. Suds that are kind to your hands. And Tide cuts grease better than any soap. Seems to make it disappear completely. No scum in the water, no greasy ring round the pan, no cloudy film. Dishes and glasses rinse and dry, sparkling clear, whether you wipe them or just let them drain dry. Why, your whole dishwashing job is so much easier, quicker, and pleasanter with Tide. And remember this, Tide works all these miracles even in hardest water. No matter what soaps you've been using in your dishpan up to now, Procter & Gamble promises you've never used anything like amazing new Tide. Try Tide today. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. Why, that's actually an understatement. Because Procter & Gamble's Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap, any other suds, any other washing product known. And I mean your whole family wash. Sheets, shirts, work clothes, everything. Tide, with its wonderful new suds, not only leaves your clothes free from dirt, but removes dingy soap film, too. Yet, with all this amazing cleaning power, Tide is safe, truly safe for all your washable colors. What's more, Tide actually brightens soap-dull colors, really perks up your gay prints and checks. Your husband's white shirts get an amazing lift, too, because in hardest water, Tide gets white things whiter than any other washing product known. And Tide keeps them white week after week, never turns them yellow. No, ma'am, wash day products aren't all the same. Tide and only Tide gives you all this, the cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line.
Yes, when fate weaves a pattern, she uses a large loom. And the threads, the characters of the people she uses, are as varied and as different as civilization itself. Who, for example, would suspect a connection between Sid Samarino, now impatiently pacing the floor of his office, waiting for Nora Tragg to make her appearance? Who would connect this with Mary McKean, as she slowly walks the hard floor of her prison cell? Or with Mary's unspoken prayer that her lawyer, Perry Mason, remain free, that he be successful in evading the police, at least until he's found proof of her innocence. Who but fate could connect these two scenes with a third, now being enacted in the old apartment house where Mason appears to be making movies? Right now, as a large crowd presses against the windows to watch, Della Street and a handsome young man, a private detective, are being violently romantic before a hospital background. As we hear... All right, cut! All right, cut! That's all for ten minutes. Take a break, everybody. Uh, Miss Stone, would you come over here? How was I? As an actress, you make a fine lawyer's secretary, Della. Better stop calling her Della, Paul. Oh, no one can hear us. I know, but you can never tell when that officer will be back. Harrigan? Harrigan. Harry, you don't Mr. think... Mr. Patterson. Well, then, Mr. Patterson... I'll tell you what I think of Harrigan. Yeah, what? He's a good, smart cop. And he'd have seen through us a long time ago if he wasn't movie-struck. Which makes us lucky. Very lucky, Miss Stone. And we want to keep him movie-struck, too. Not by any word or action do we want to stir him up. Because if we do, it won't take him a minute to remember who we are and that there are warrants out for us. In other words, with Officer Harrigan, a real job of acting But is... the best. It's our insurance. Do I make myself clear, Mr. Tyler? Clear as a bell, Mr. Patterson. Mm. You've been watching that mob outside, Chief. You've been watching them while they've been watching us. H have you seen any reaction that will help Mary? Well, we'll know after we run off the pictures we've been taking through those windows. Well, then, Perry... Uh, Mr. Patterson, mm. do you really think... Yes, I do. Now, look at it this way. Doc Keegan and Liz could not have put on a scene like this without help. Not even with Mary doped. We know they faked the movie company just as we're doing. Yes, I understand that. I realize these hospital scenes were much too technical to be made with what help they could get in Wallace home. Too technical to be made there without arousing interest in the wrong places. That's right. So they flew Mary to New York and picked up catches, catch can workers who didn't much care how they earned a few extra bucks. And? Well, those people read the papers. They know Mary's behind the eight ball. They know she's in jail on a kidnap charge. All right. Now, suppose one of them takes a look through our window and sees a woman who appears to be Mary, you, in exactly the same scene. Wouldn't your mouth drop open? Wouldn't yes. you get worried and wonder what was up? Especially when all the time you thought you were in the clear? Wouldn't you try to insure yourself against trouble by nosing around, trying to find out what was happening? Yes, I guess I would. No wonder you're such a good lawyer. Hmm, praise, I guess. Uh, while you two admire each other, I think I'll get set for the next series of pictures. Okay. And it's a lucky thing you didn't go in for crime. Oh, why? Well, because with your particular flair and understanding, you'd have made a mighty dangerous criminal. What's that about a hmm? criminal, Miss Stone? Uh, oh, Officer Harrigan. Uh-huh. I was just telling Mr. Patterson here that, um, our, um, police force is our greatest insurance against criminals. Oh, Thanks. Are you ready for me yet, Mr. Patterson? Why, no, not quite. Uh, look, this wouldn't be a gag. A gag? In what way, officer? The old runaround. You were on the level about asking me to play a part? Of course, it just hasn't come up yet. I'd hate to be making a fool of myself in front of my family after bragging I was going to be in pictures. And uh, speaking of pictures, you got me stumped, Miss Stone. I? 
I know your face, though I've seen it, but I can't place the name of any of your pictures. Well, there have been so many, I guess you... You're going to laugh, but I seem to place your picture in a newspaper. Why, officer? Well, the um, officer probably saw your picture when those jewels were stolen. Oh, yes, that must be it. Jewels? Now, just between you, me, and the gatepost, ain't most of those jewel robberies for the publicity? I refuse to commit myself until I speak to my lawyer. I'd keep your secret. (laughs) As long as there's no warrant out for you, you don't need to worry about me. Warrant? Uh, here comes our director, uh, Mr. Tyler. Oh, uh, yes, Mr. Patterson? Oh, what? Uh, hello, officer. Hello. I, uh, notice we're just about ready to get underway again. Um, how about putting Officer Harrigan's scene in here? Then he can stand by if we need him for a retake. Yeah, but, uh, well, all right, if the officer doesn't mind waiting a few minutes. Me? Say, Mr. Tyler, I don't mind waiting a bit. Playing with dynamite, aren't they? trying to keep Officer Harrigan's mind occupied, trying to keep him from connecting their faces with the newspaper photos labeled Wanted for Kidnapping. Meanwhile, in the private office of Sid Samarino's Roomba Palace. At last. Come in, baby. Baby, huh? Oh, it's you. (laughs) Why, Sid, I didn't know you cared. I thought it was Nora. Where's Nora, Joe? Hasn't showed up yet. Well, close the door. I get enough of that music. Uh... That's better. Why isn't she here? She's usually here before five. You, uh, haven't lit a torch for Nora. Be yourself. I thought not. I need that kid. She can do something for me. Ah, now you sound more like Sid. Hey, why don't you ever break down and give me a box of these cigars? Buy your own cigars. Mm. There's nothing wrong with your graft. Is it the phone call from Myrtle? Oh, Grandma, what a long nose you've got. Good guy to stay on the right side of Sid. Look... Dump your ashes in the ashtray, not on the rug. Best mouthpiece in town. Plenty of friends in the right places. Uh-huh. High-priced. Oh, well, if you're worried about money, I might buy a piece Does anything about dough? It's just... Well, can't afford to get mixed up in things. Start the cops watching the rumba palace. And the private room? Forget that room. You know, if you'd stay in one place and give me an idea of what this is all about... Forget it. It's just... You know what a smart mouthpiece can do to any guy in cross-examination. I get up on the witness stand, I'll buy Liz Wren, and before you know it, Perry Mason is dragged in the Rumble Palace and everything else. Sure, Murtaugh can object. But when it's been said, it's been said. Hey, wait a minute. What are we talking about? The McKean trial. Mary McKean, Mason's client. Murtaugh's trying to put Mason and the McKean dame away. I know that. Murtaugh but... wants me to alibi his client, Liz Wren, if he needs it. Oh. What happened to Nora? I don't get her connection. I alibi Liz. Nora alibis me. Her old man's a homicide lieutenant. With a homicide lieutenant's daughter backing me up, what I say ought to swing a little weight. Hmm. Think you can get away with it? Me? Now, don't roll those eyes at me, Papa. I'm not a stage-struck kid. No. You're nothing but a bum. Oh, that'll be Nora. Yeah? Okay, send her in. On your way, Joe. What, you mean you want me to beat it? What do you think? That's what I think. Sid, they said you want... Oh. Uh, it's okay, Nora. I'm on my way out. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt. Well, but... Joe say he was on his way out. Don't let us keep you, Joe. I won't. But uh, watch out for the guy, Nora. Hmm? He's in a romantic mood. Oh. Go on, get out, bum. Quit tipping my hand. I know I'm awfully late today, Sid, That's but... That's all right, baby. They said... 
You know, Joe wasn't kidding. Hmm? About me being in a romantic mood. Oh. If you're afraid, I'll, uh, I'll hold your hand. I'm not afraid. Swell. You see, I trust you. Is that good or bad? I think it's good. Did you want anything special? Yeah, I did. Well? Look, I've got a lot to say. Why don't we skip out of this joint and have dinner? Oh, Sid, I'd love to. What? But... Well, Mother and Dad are expecting me. Got a telephone at your home, don't you? Well, yes, but... Go on, Nora. For Sid. I promised I'd eat home tonight. There's my private phone. Sid, I shouldn't... I'm even dialing the number for you. This is pretty important to me, Nora. Well... I better grab the phone. Somebody will answer in a minute. Sweet. Sid. Hello, Bonnie. This is Nora. Well, I'm still downtown, Bonnie. Will you tell Mother I can't get home for dinner? I... Yes, I have to dine with a producer. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'll put me on the stage. I'll put you any place you like. No, I'm not sure what time I'll be home, but I'll see you later, Bonnie. Goodbye. All set? Yes. So what are we waiting for? Let's get out of this joint. And then... You tell me what you want of me? Then I'll tell you what I want of you. What a strange pattern fate weaves. And there's another thread in the pattern calculated to send Mary to prison and her lawyer right along with her. You know, choosing a wash day product isn't exactly easy. There are many types and many brands. But, lady, there's one... Just one that's truly different. And that's Procter & Gamble's Amazing Tide. No soap, no other suds, no other washing product known will get your clothes as clean as Tide. And I'll tell you why. Tide not only leaves clothes free from dirt, it also removes dingy soap film. Yet with all this cleaning power, Tide is safe, truly safe, for all your washable colors. In fact, Tide actually brightens soap-dulled colors. As for white things... By in hardest water, Tide gets them whiter than any other washing product known. So try Tide. See how it whips up oceans of suds, even in hardest water. See how different those Tide suds look and feel. And see all this on your wash line. The cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line. And I'll go that little song one better. Because Tide not only gets clothes cleaner than any soap, but cleaner than any other suds. Cleaner than any other washing product known. Yes, Procter & Gamble's Amazing Tide will give you a cleaner wash than you get with any other washing product known. That's because Tide, with its wonderful new suds, not only leaves clothes free from dirt, but removes dingy soap film, too. Yet, with all this amazing cleaning power, Tide is safe, truly safe for all your washable colors. What's more, Tide brightens your soap-dulled colors, your gay checks and prints. And white things? Why, in hardest water, Tide gets linens and shirts whiter than any other washing product known. And that's not all. Tide keeps them white week after week, never turns them yellow. So next wash day, start using Tide, the one washing product known that gives you all this, the cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line. It's just a little while after the close of yesterday's episode. We're standing on the sidewalk in front of New York's Smart Pelican Club. 
There's a long, sleek convertible pulls up to the entrance. You know who that is getting out? That's Nora Tragg, homicide Lieutenant Tragg's daughter. And she's with Sid Samarino, proprietor of Sid's Roomba Palace. <laughs> you can just bet we're going to see what that pair's so lovey-dovey about, and in just a minute, too. But first, let's see how Perry Mason and Della are doing. As we join them in the first-floor apartment on the west side, the room is still bright with movie floodlights. Crowds of people still press their faces against the window to watch the spectacle. While in the shadow, resting between takes, sit the fugitive lawyer and his secretary. And now Paul Drake, private detective, comes up, saying... You know, Perry, I'd almost as soon go to jail as keep on trying to teach that cop to act... Well, does this mean you don't think much of Officer Harrigan's talents? If you mean, do I think that cop can act, the answer is a violent no. <laughs> Fine. The less there is to work with, then the more there is to do. Oh, but Perry, well, he's a good cop, Paul. He ever takes his mind off being a movie actor and starts to think we're sunk. To put it quite delicately, he'll march Della and me straight off to the clink. That isn't funny, Perry. We haven't got a lot of time before Mary's trial resumes. No, I know. And we've just got... No, 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 no emotion, Della. Not till you get before the cameras, anyway. Okay. But when I think of Mary in jail and Liz Wren, oh, the things that happen in this world... Shouldn't happen to a dog. You're so right, Paul. Uh... While we're taking this break, Perry, how about my going outside? Circulating with the crowd. Never can tell what I might pick up. All right, you go ahead, Paul, but don't stay long. And uh, don't forget Officer Harry. Oh, as if I could. Better blow your nose, Ella. I'm all right. Your eyes are full of tears. Well. There. Sorry, Chief, but I can't help thinking of Mary in that cell or Liz Wren. She's got the baby again, and she's so sure of herself, and we just haven't gotten anywhere. You want Officer Harrigan to start wondering what this is all about? No, I'm all right. Perry, do you really think we'll be able to walk into the court when it reconvenes, prove that Mary was framed, prove uh, that uh, we... Uh, uh, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't a real movie. This is life. I know. Even after the film that we've been taking through those windows is developed, even if there is someone in the crowd outside who looks shocked... Yes. ...we still have to find him. Talk to him. Get the truth out of him. Uh, say, Mr. Patterson. Yeah? Perry, I've got a kid I, I think you should talk to. What? A boy. A nice, bright, 14-year-old boy. A kid with a little cheap camera. And he wants to know if he can take some pictures. Like he did last time. I said I'd ask. Well, Mr. Producer, can he take some pictures like he took last time? Can he? Get the lead out of your feet, Paul. Show the young artist in, but fast. Meanwhile, on the small, crowded dance floor of the Pelican Club, we hear... You dance like an angel, Nora. That's because of the training I had in your rumba palace. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Sid. Yeah? You took me out to tell me something. That's right. To ask me something. I did. Well, don't you think you've kept me in suspense long enough? No, not near long enough. Oh. Besides, maybe I've changed my mind. Oh, Sid. And then again, maybe I haven't. <laughs> Wait till we get to the table after this dance. Then I'll let you in on the secret. All right. <laughs> and that's now. Yep, baby, now. Hey, I just noticed you haven't touched your dinner. Oh, I guess I'm too thrilled to eat. Imagine having dinner in the famous Pelican Club. Meaning a cop's daughter like you? Homicide lieutenants like Dad don't bring their daughters to the Pelican Club. And you're a famous actress? You'll even have breakfast here. 
Let me hold it. Thank you. All set? Mm-hmm. Look, baby, uh, I got a question. Yes? What happens to the career if you fall in love? Oh, let's not talk about that, Sid. You've uh, thought of it? Yes. But I... But what? The man I love might be married. You formed for a married man? Oh, I didn't say I had. I only met a girl who can't always get married just because she happens to be in love. You finish your steak just because I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry either. Give me your hand, Nora. But... Come on, come on. Say, is this what's got you worried? The wedding ring I always wear? I shouldn't go out with you. You've never talked about them. But I've seen those pictures of your wife and children. You mean the ones on my desk? <laughs> don't laugh. I'm so ashamed. You don't have to be. My sister's a good-looking woman, isn't she? Cute kids, too. They call me Uncle Sid. One of them's named after me, the baby. Uncle Sid? Your sister? But I thought... I know. But I want people to think. That's why I keep these pictures on my desk. That's why I wear this ring. But... That's right. Take a mouthful. This food's good. <laughs> Unlike the Rumba Palace. But, but, you mean you're not married? Haven't been for years. But, why? I, I don't you see... You eat. I'll talk. Okay? Okay. I don't want to hand myself any bouquets, but, uh, when a guy's running a joint like the Rumba Palace, and he's got 50 pretty girls hanging around, well, uh, he needs a little protection. Oh. This ring, that picture, the best protection I could get. But now... Now, all of a sudden, I don't guess I want any protection. Now, keep on eating, baby. Oh, I don't want any more. I can't let you starve. I won't. If you did, I... Yes? <laughs> I'm talking like a school kid. Are you? Yeah. I feel swell. I like it. I'm ten years younger. Almost as young as you. You'll come to the house and meet Dad and Mother, Sid. Uh, not yet, kid. I can't right now. But... But I will, later. After a little business is settled. Look, you know why I asked you out with me tonight? Well, you said you'd tell me, but you haven't. I'm nuts about you. Oh. That's nothing to cry about. Like I used to say when I was a kid, put out your hand, close your eyes, and I'll give you something to make you wise. You're a fool. Now go on, close your eyes and... Uh-uh. Not that hand, the left one. Like this? Yeah. Now you can look. Sit. A ring. A diamond ring. An engagement ring. Would you like to be engaged to me, Nora? Oh, yes. I can't kiss you here, but uh, I'll make up for it later. i better take it off, though, before we get back to the Rumba Palace. Take it off? Why? Because we can't let the whole world know about us yet. I'm in a little jam. Oh, not much, and I'll get out, but uh, until I do, well, uh, put that ring on a ribbon and wear it around your neck or whatever it is girls do. What kind of a jam, Sid? That's nothing. Can I help? Nah. Because you know I'd do anything. Anything in the world for you. Maybe I'll hold you to that one of these days. Anytime, Sid. Any place. Yeah, I think you mean it. I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> You're okay, Nora. You're the kind of kid I've always wanted to meet. I'm going to marry you. Loyal, honest, in there, pitching when she's needed. And pretty, too. 
What more could a guy ask? Oh, you. <laughs> now, baby, what do you say we go out to the car, huh? There's a couple of things I'd like to whisper. Mm -hmm. Obediently, Nora rises, her head in happy, rosy clouds. Behind her, his eyes cold and calculating, marches Sid Samarino, to whom Nora has just become secretly engaged. Sid smiles. So, B.H. Murtaugh may want him on the stand, eh? They want him to give Elizabeth Wren an alibi for the time when Mary McKean was framed. Well, if that time should ever come, Sid will have someone to back up his story now. Sid will have his fiancée, the daughter of homicide Lieutenant Tragg. And that should put the okay on anything Sid says. Meanwhile, what about that boy Paul Drake has just brought to Perry Mason? Well, won't you join us tomorrow? Lady, it's nothing short of sensational. I'm talking about Tide, Procter & Gamble's amazing dishwashing wonder. No matter what soaps you may have used up to now, you'll find that Tide washes dishes cleaner than any soap made. You see, Tide makes an amazing new kind of suds. More suds, faster suds. Suds that are kind to your hands. Suds that look and feel entirely different. And Tide cuts grease better than any soap. Makes your whole dishwashing job so much pleasanter and easier. Why, there's no disagreeable scum in the water, no greasy ring round the pan, no cloudy film on dishes and glasses. That's why they rinse and dry sparkling clear, whether you wipe them or not. And listen, lady, Tide works extra miracles in hard water. Gives oceans of instant, long-lasting suds even in hardest water. Try Tide in your dishpan today. It's a modern miracle. Capitalizing on the popularity of his Perry Mason novels, Earl Stanley Gardner brought his character to CBS Radio in October of 1943. Billed as a defender of human rights, champion of all those who seek justice, Mason was a wildly successful criminal defense attorney whose clients, generally accused of murder, were invariably innocent. Mason solved the cases and proved his client's innocence by identifying the true criminal in each case, frequently by extracting confessions from the guilty. Although Gardner wrote the initial scripts, the task was turned over to a writing team early on in the series. These courtroom dramas included the same recurring characters that graced Gardner's books and later the television series, including the character Friday, played by Della Street, who was originally played by Gertrude Warner, P.I. Paul Drake, who was voiced by Matt Crowley, and homicide detective Lieutenant Tragg played by Mandel Kramer, who was later to become the last actor to voice Johnny Dollar. All three of these actors later appeared on the television soap opera called The Edge of Night, originally conceived as a daytime version of Perry Mason, until Gardner had a falling out with CBS. The role of per Perry Mason was originated by Barlett Robinson, who went on to a prolific career as a character actor on various television series, even including Perry Mason, playing opposite Raymond Burr in the title role. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.